podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it bores you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Lexius and Zexion to my Diz. I have no personality or presence. I'm Jared. And I guess that makes me uh, Zexion, so I'm Matt. <laughs> Probably not the best endorser of those characters. You had to think which one I might have been referring to. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get rid of the, the two silliest Organization 13 members first, right? We're not at Zeldin yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's, not, he's not silly. He's pointless. Uh, I don't know if I would call these two the silliest, but they are very much the most fillery at this point in the story. Oh, that's the beauty of something like Kingdom Hearts. You always reach back and grab your throwaways and make something useful out of them. It won't happen for Lexius because Lexius is probably the most brick-like character of all the organization. But Zexion gets to do stuff later on somehow, amazingly. Anyway. Um, Just from the existence of this Keyblade in this place, this level of reasoning is possible for Lexius. What do you think, everyone? What? No. Don't do that. Not now. Not for Lexius. Lexius is not. What? No. I thought Lexius was the science guy. Or was no, that's Zexion. Zexion's the science guy. Zexion's the book guy. Lexius is, Lexius is, the, is the big. Yeah, Lexius is the big axe guy. Oh, OK. I thought I, I got him mixed up. I guess that, again, shows well, you. Well, that's the problem with all these characters that have X's in their names and just stand around uh, complaining about interesting smells. <laughs> so okay. with that, with that, what obviously what we're talking about here is the second half of Chain of Memories, Rechain of Memories, and that's Riku's story. Best known as Reverse Rebirth. And in Japanese, both of these words are pronounced exactly the same when they're used as English loan words. Yep. Rebasu. Rebasu. Do you think it's Nomura who loves making these little uh, verbal puns or is it just the, the entire crew? Nomura is like... At least on some level of Chunibyo, so of course he's always going to be making that kind of joke. But it's also just sort of like Japanese fascination with foreign languages to begin with. Yeah, but you know, you take fascination and you go to puns and you've taken another step. The second half of Chain of Memories that you only unlock after you beat into it with the Sora route is a route where you play through as Riku. As we touched on last episode, the gameplay still sort of deals with cards. But unlike the Sora route, this time it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I think it's because everything else is the reverse. This time we're climbing out of the basement to get to the entry level rather than going from the entry level to the roof. And unfortunately, the basement of Castle Oblivion is full of people who you can kind of see why they're basement dwellers. Yep. Let's talk about the gameplay real quick before we get into the story, which I'm just going to say up front. I love the story in this part. It is it is like where Kingdom Hearts truly just goes all out. Yeah, you said you said after the recording of the last episode that you realize how much more you love Sora's route. You yeah. love Riku's route ever since we revisited before we even started. Also, part of the gameplay of this that makes it better than the Sora route, that the decks are completely set. And so it's almost like a puzzle. You have to yeah. figure out how to complete the area that you're doing with the deck that you're given. Yeah, I know to some people being told you don't have to make decisions sounds like a deal breaker. Yeah, I'm playing an RPG. I want to make decisions. But due to the way the gameplay actually works in Chain of Memories, I would much rather not have to make decisions and just have a deck automatically made for me that is perfectly balanced for this situation I'm in, which is what Riku's Root does. I know there are people who consider Riku's Root harder. I think it's because they're people who figure out cheese like Faraga and can't do it anymore. Riku's Root still has his fair share of cheese, but you actually have to figure out how to do it on each floor, which is, I think, a lot more fun. I I did not play Riku Root until uh, I went back to play everything again for this podcast. 
And I found myself kicking myself because Riku Root is really good. <laughs> it's good. It's ludicrous. It uses concepts that the writers are just trying out for the first time, about mm-hmm. half of which never appear again. We'll get into that. The other thing that's kind of like really good about the combat system, apart from just uh, Riku gets decks that are suited for the environment he's in, is rather than just uh, dealing with card break mechanics, there is now a card clash mechanic where if you play a card with the exact same number that the opponent is showing, you initiate a clash and then you have to start breaking enemies' cards one after the other. And if you do, that's how you do Riku slights, which is way better than burning a bunch of cards to make a slight and way more engaging because the game sort of like slows down to the point where you're trying to fill in things. Like it becomes a bit more turn based, which makes it work a lot better for how the card system wants to be. Well, I've told you my thought that the RE version of Chain of Memories suffers from being in full fast motion 3D. So I could definitely see how that could be a, a, yeah, a yeah. improvement. Yeah, making making it more turn based makes Chain of Memories work a lot better. He has one more mechanic, but that's unlocked with the story. So let's hold on for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, you have less abilities, but I think the game flows a lot better. But also, the, the Disney worlds don't take time to tell the Disney story again. They pretty much are just like uh, fight a bunch of enemies and fight a boss. So the game goes by so much faster. It's, it's great. Story, I love it. So the story's cleaner, has everything, weird explanations, descriptions of how shadow smells, people living in a basement refusing to come out, but also can't find the lights. It's yep. perfect. That being said, let's just dive right into the story of Riku's root and Chain of Memories. We're, yeah, we're just going to call it Riku's root because saying reverse rebirth is going to drive me crazy if I have to keep on saying it. So when last he left Riku, he had gotten on the other side of the Kingdom Hearts door of darkness or whatever you would call it with Mickey. And he told Sora to take care of Kairi and then the door shut and we didn't see him anymore. And what's the first thing we see when we start the Riku route? Riku lying in basically a blinding white void. And then the voice speaks to him. Where am I? Stay asleep. Who's there? You should remain asleep here between light and dark. Between what? The king. Where's the king? Together we close the door to darkness. After that... You came drifting here by yourself. You did not have the strength to overcome the darkness. Or maybe you were close to it. Huh. As if I'm some kind of demon. Hmm. Turn from the light. Shut your eyes. Here, blanketed by the darkness, sleep is safety. Sleep is eternal. But... And then a new light shines in the void and a familiar card, a world card, appears in front of Riku. What's this? It's a door to the truth. Take it and your sleep ends as you take the first step towards the truth. But know this, the truth will bring you pain. Will you still go? There is no return to the security of sleep. This seemed like a boring place to take a nap anyways. So we got a little bit of a red pill, blue pill thing here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, Riku has throughout this, he has a couple quick flashes of things of like the end of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. He seems rather nonchalant about the whole thing at the moment. I think it's because he just woke up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got me the I just wake up. I can be out of it. But the cards are blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the cards are blue. All the cards are blue. Whoops. Meh. And the sky well, is gray. Pl- then you can only play the blue card. Yep. Back to Riku's story. <laughs> yep. He walks in and where do we find ourselves? But Hollow Bastion. Oh, boy. We're starting in Hollow Bastion rather than ending it. Back to the good music. <laughs> and Riku immediately starts complaining that he's there. 
And the voice kind of gobbles some more confusion at him and then just stops talking. Mm-hmm. It's like the voice said, normally you'd meet the people in your memories. Then Riku, I really think he likes saying after, after the voice stops talking there, it's like, it better be you I run across next voice. <laughs> it's not it's it's not it's, it's entirely text. So I just imagined the delivery. But yeah. so Hollow Bastion is the one level that uh, until very, very, very much towards the end that has any story whatsoever for Riku. Um, because apparently Riku spent a lot of time in Hollow Bastion being a broody teen. Well, he had his own bedroom. He goes right by his bedroom voice says, must be nice. He's like, ah, I could do without this asshole. <laughs> yeah, like the voice just keeps showing up to berate him throughout it all. And I think uh, he also runs into Maleficent at, yeah. at times. Well, first, I want to mention a pretty great little exchange. I don't want to do one of our scenes for it, but I love what the voice says. Like Riku said, Maleficent gave me this room. Yeah, she did. And you lived here, tempted by the darkness. You cast away your home, your friends, everything. At least they gave you a nice room. And Riku storms <laughs> off shouting, stop talking. Yep. Riku's <laughs> just running through, yelling at the voices in his head. As Riku runs through, he accosts the voice that is not showing any people from his memory. The voice nods, he says, you, you cast them away. So why would you? You wanted to see the outside world and you threw away everything you had. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, you pursued darkness. I cast that away, too. So what do you have now? You cast away everything. Then you cast what you got for it. Now you're nothing. What we're doing here is we're sort of like establishing Riku's character arc a little of is he going to fully accept darkness or is he going to do something else about it? I mean, we didn't see much of Riku after he got fully possessed of Ansem. He helped that. But we you could say that you're not entirely sure. Right. What his motives was. Now we're seeing a Riku in the fallout of that. He clearly doesn't want anything to do with darkness. But what the voice is saying, his memories have been ripped from the things that he would care about. Right. And it's just kind of making the point that it seems right now all Riku really knows how to do is throw things away, cast things aside. Right. And so after he casts aside everything that annoys him, what does he have left? He has Mm -hmm. nothing. He has a heart that's hollow except for the darkness that you didn't get rid of. And so that that does that seem to be why he ended up in the basement of Castle Oblivion somehow. It's kind of unclear how he got here. I feel like one of the several characters with plans of Castle Oblivion snuck him in. Okay. We have we have several to choose from. I do like that whole that whole thing at the end, just the last line in in this whole confrontation between Riku and the voice. Just you're wrong. I rejected the darkness. And the voice answers. <laughs> Did you really now? And after that, once he gets to the third of the room patterns, there's always the three key rooms, which are usually scenes. That's where he runs into Maleficent. Yep. And Maleficent knows what's going on. It's like, no, I'm not alive. I'm your memory, you idiot. And this is going to be the only time Riku gets this explanation because he actually pays attention. <laughs> well, no one's trying to no one's trying yeah. to, you know, go Pac-Man on the dots in his head. So, right. No one's trying to go Pac-Man on the dots in his head. And I am shocked that you went with that. I, I like that. It's a good metaphor. <laughs> I like it. It's interesting. Well, it's funny thing is we keep going back to quoting because there's a couple great lines between him and Maleficent, too. Like Riku's ba- like Maleficent said, you're only going to see the people of darkness. And that's all you left to yourself. And Riku says, fine, I'll take out all the people of darkness. Melissa says, don't forget to take yourself last. Yeah, Ooh, that's then good. You mustn't forget to destroy yourself last. For like that's me, so good. you are one of the dark. It's, so a shame good. It's, it's a shame it's not voiced. I think yeah. you hear really good delivery out of the one person who voices Maleficent in modern days. Yeah, like that's a big regret right there. 
Yep, and then then she she goes into a boss fight. So you hate the darkness enough to fight it. Oh, the agony you must feel. Then let me end your pain, Riku. End it forever with the wondrous power of darkness. And she goes dragon. into a dragon form. Yep, yep. It is the one time that it actually feels like there's a story connection to the boss fight in the Riku route. Otherwise, all the boss fights are just going to be the same fights that we had as Sora, but instead we're going to have Riku doing them. It makes you wonder... If Sora wasn't being actively messed with, would his memories have been reaching out to him like this? Because huh. you feel like this is Riku. Has, we'll find out later. No one's actively attacking Riku's memories. So he's just kind of getting the residual effects of either the castle or Namine herself. OK. And so his memories seem free to basically assault him. Mm. Makes you wonder if there was like a use of that once. It also seems possible that when Namine is taking apart Sora's memories, that Riku's memories are also being affected residually. Mm. So maybe whenever Namine takes out a memory from Sora, the basement is where she dumps it and then Riku has to fight it. Maybe that's what's happening. We do find as this goes, these two events are happening concurrently, but it's kind of strange. That yeah. Hollow Bastion first, though, because that was one of yeah, yeah. Sora's late ones, no matter how yeah. you pick. It's like, it's like yeah, that's the second or third set, right? It doesn't quite work. Yeah. There's also places that Riku definitely did not go as part right. of this adventure. So well, let me let me go a little bit into spoiler. We find out in two they have nominated destroy someone in memories. It actually affects people who weren't there. Like other people will forget about you. So okay. maybe because Riku is so close to Sora and being affected by Sora's memories. And then we have Repliku that through all that, like he's just kind of he is right there in the backwash. OK, that could work. Alternately, the voice is what's doing it to him. We, 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 yeah, I mean, there's got to be at least some instance of the voice guiding Riku here. Otherwise, why is Riku here and listening to strange voices? As soon as we finish Howl Bastion, the voice offers its own suggestion. It switches its tone entirely, asking Riku why he's shunning the darkness and that there's no point. You should accept it. So then the uh, character Pierce continues speaking and it's Ansem. Secret dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Ansem's not dead. What? <laughs> Riku refuses to be surprised. Yep. It's, it's Ansem's so disappointed. Yep. It's so obviously Ansem that like. He's like, all you're. All you're doing is talking about darkness. Only one asshole is that obsessed. Yeah, I've never met anyone as darkness obsessed as Ansem, and I don't think I ever will. Hopefully. <laughs> you know, uh, he just refuses to be surprised. And even with Ansem, just encouraging him to get closer to the darkness again. Yeah, they have a quick clash and Riku gets knocked back. Mm hmm. Mostly because Ansem just absorbs, they sort of grabs his sword like he's doing an, an anime fancy move. Mm hmm. And he tosses him back and he mocks Riku for being weak without his darkness and says that he needs the darkness. But then we have a voice of dissent. It's Mickey. In Tinkerbell form. Yep. Mickey has decided to turn into a fucking ball of light and just hang out in R Riku's heart. Is that what's going on here? I think it's more just kind of a shade of the memory of Mickey. Yeah, that's what it actually is. I'm No, actually, this time this we do find out. This is Mickey reaching out to him from a far distance. He's projecting yes. himself, which apparently yep. the mouse okay. can do. So Mickey, yeah, Mickey can astral project himself. Makes sense. <laughs> and the conversations here are great because it's just light, darkness, deepest darkness, light. Yep. Uh, I've seen super cuts, which I can't stop laughing at, particularly at parts like this. Oh, yeah. So basically, Riku now is going to be fighting the Ansem in his brain and also a few of the basement dwelling members of the organization. <laughs> Do we get we'll, a brief cut we'll to? Be, well, we'll be meeting them in a second. First, Riku has his fight with Ansem. 
And then Nance is like, okay, fine, have some more cards and also this random gameplay gift. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, yeah, Riku also gets his super mode here where I forget exactly how it activates. I don't know, but I know his answer says he tempers the darkness. It's like Riku's yeah. like, I didn't need that. Yeah, it. all I remember is that it is useful in combat, and I don't remember how it activates because it's been a few months. Mm-hmm. I think there's a super meter you have to charge up. So, yeah, so I, I really don't know because I had given up on playing. I actually never played the answer route, so I'll have to take your words on it. The Riku route? Yes, that well, it's half the Ansem route at this point anyway. True, yeah. I mean, Ansem and Riku are kind of like in a superposition right now anyway. So <laughs> so he gives him a bunch more world cards. And then finally, we switch to what looks like the one of the random meeting rooms that the org members kept wandering around. Only this one's dark. Yeah, there's no light on. There's no furniture. There's just a guy standing there. A guy standing there and another guy walks in. So we so we go in this room in the darkness, an org member visible by his cloak. He's already taken down his hood. He's got tousled blue hair. Yep, he doesn't give a shit there. about cloak club rules. And then this huge <laughs> bastard just comes in. Another member, he is half again the height and twice the width of, of the first one. Don't I even warn a hello, Lexius? And everyone's favorite craggy faced scientist shows up. Vexen. What is going on here, Zexian? I want an explanation. Nice to see you too, Vexen. It's such a shame. The organization used to be the rope that bound us together. You're only number six. How dare you? Let it go, Vexen. Zexion, tell us. What did you detect? Visitors, I pick up two cents in the castle's lowest basement. One of them was Maleficent. Don't be absurd. The witch is gone. She cannot return from the realm of darkness of her own volition. If you would let me finish, the scent belonged not to the real Maleficent, but to a very convincing double. I truly cannot say much beyond that since the double is no more. Our other visitors saw to that. And who is it? I do not know for sure, but the scent was very similar to that of the superior. And yet not entirely the same, was it? This truly piques my curiosity. Now, what to do? We wait, see what develops. And this scene establishes several themes. The first one is these guys sitting around not really wanting to do anything but watch. Yeah, they are shirking their responsibilities, maybe smoking some pot in the basement, having a good time. Yeah, I got the feeling that nobody really wants to go down into the basement like the basement is kind of dangerous or unpredictable. Or maybe it's just that there are Zexion and Laxius in the basement and no one wants to talk to them. <laughs> like Zexion just kind of annoying and Lexius just stares at everyone, patting yep. his axe. <laughs> yep. Like <laughs> it, it is pretty clear that we are in the right. C tier of the organization with these two based on just like <laughs> how little they have to say on their introduction beyond introducing my favorite concept in all of Kingdom Hearts that gets dropped after this game. <laughs> the smell of darkness. Like why are we talking about smells? What is this all about, guys? <laughs> apparently, they don't have a budget for, well, first light bulbs, but apparently not any sort of like thing where they can spy on what's happening. No crystal balls, which I swear was in the other one there. So they're just saying they're kind of just sniffing in the dark and trying to guess what they notice, which kind of really suggests the they're stoned as hell idea. Yeah. And before you even like try and make a suggestion that is this some kind of thing that the localization decided? No. This is in the original Japanese. The word they use is nioi. We checked this, fuckers. Yeah, like, yeah, I was like, maybe they use the word like kehai or something like that. No, presence. Presence or whatever. No, they use scent. They use scent. It is very specifically scent. 
And I do not know why they made this decision. They do not make it again in the rest of the series. I don't know. How long has it been since Riku took a bath? He's probably pretty ripe. Well, let's just say before before we even get a second to recover from that weird little scene, we go to Riku and he suddenly just starts sniffing his arm. He's like, wait, that smells funny. <laughs> There's darkness in my skin. So, like, is it darkness or does Riku smell like teen angst right now? Well, he smells like teen something, I'm sure. Same difference. And then Ghost Mickey comforts him. Yeah, at least you have a Ghost Mickey as your friend. That's enough to deal with the smell of darkness for sure. I mean, they, they said Mickey's just like, look, don't worry about it. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you saw the light in darkness. Yeah, he explicitly brings up the light in the middle of Kingdom Hearts that Ansem had insisted was pure darkness. Mm-hmm. And that just ended up destroying Ansem, or at least we had thought so. Mm-hmm. Mickey comments he can only send a bit of his power to this place. Like when Riku tries to grab his hand, it goes right through. Mm-hmm. And Mickey's just like he says, we shook hands in our hearts, which sounds really horrible. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. I think it doesn't sound horrible, but it sounds metaphysical. Weird. It sounds amusing, like another conversation with the word heart appearing a dozen times because this is Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. And from this point on, there's really nothing worth mentioning in any of the worlds, which is true in Sora's side. But in Riku's side, there's not even dialogue. Right. And as we go up through the floors, we'll occasionally check in on Zexion and Lexius who know what's going on in the Sora route. So we have a sort of like rough idea of what the concurrency is between the events of the Sora route and the Riku route. I feel like there needs to be a better name for their horrible little dark room. The organization's smoking room. Yeah, it might as well be. Again, we have the, we said they didn't show it, but we don't know they aren't completely getting wasted between scenes. They don't seem to do anything, so why not? Mm-hmm. But Zexion, we, next time we see him, Zexion's really thinking about that smell. Mm-hmm. Then he realizes he knows the smell because he knows what teen boys smell like. Yeah. It's Riku. Yeah. Yes. He came out of the darkness, which was fascinating. And it's like, oh, right. The superior is similar to the dark power of Riku, which is a kind of a key point. Yeah, it's we're talking about the superior right now uh-huh. because we have not fully laid out what the full structure of the organization is right now. They said that at least one person takes numbers seriously, but no one else right. does. Yeah. Like, um, did we get the numbers for everyone in the organization crew? If, if you were to ask my memory, Vexen declared himself number four. I think he snapped a ear, Larxene or Axel for their numbers, and he called Zexian's number six at this point. So. Right. So and no, and no one cares. Vexen takes it seriously, but no one cares. Yeah, Vexen's the only one who gives a shit about numbers. Marluxia is technically lower ranked, but in Castle Oblivion, he's kind of in charge here. But it's clearly just the order they joined. But amusingly, we also find out that no one cares about numbers, but no one's telling anyone anything. Because yep. Vexen drops a bombshell in Zexia and Laxius that Sora's there. Yep. They know who Sora is. And they're like, well, we can't be bothered. <laughs> Zexian's a little sulky that no one consulted him. But I think he says in a way that I feel like this is always happening to them. Mm-hmm. What? This, what now? Seriously? We got to deal with this shit? Vexen thinks that Marluxia's sword plan is stupid and that Riku will be more fun. Mm-hmm. Vexen even refers to Riku as the hero of darkness. Ooh, interesting. So this is borne out that when after Riku goes to his next world, he's immediately confronted by Vexen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do another quote here. I do both these characters, so I'm just going to read them off. That's Riku asks, are you with Ansem? Vexen, you are half-cracked. Let us say that he is not the answer with which you are familiar. He is Ansem and he is not Ansem. Perhaps a nobody best conveys the idea. Ooh, that word again. 
I would say Riku's reaction is kind of like, oh, thanks to Butler, that helped so much. Yep, he's just like, uh, that doesn't make sense. Please try again. Vexen talks about walking the twilight between light and darkness, which shocks Riku a bit more. But, I mean, he also doesn't have a context for that kind of thing yet. He's just yeah. kind of like, that's a thing that can happen. Oh, shit, I want to do that. <laughs> but that's OK. He's already decided what he wants to do because Vexen reek is reeking of that awful smell. So he's his enemy. And yes, those are Riku's words, if paraphrased. Yep. The, the fact that the smell imagery keeps coming up at every available opportunity in this game, like every single scene from this point on. Like when I first was playing through, I was just it, it didn't fully register with me. And I think it was like around this cutscene where I was just like, wait, is this going to be a thing? I think I had already noticed because of a couple horrible scenes coming up later. And I just started to notice it's uh, they keep saying it. Yeah, they keep saying sent reek things that are implying that. Yeah. And those those organization jackets must smell like smokers jackets squared or something else, something billowing up inside because those coats seem to not be very permeable, yeah. permeable, permeable by gas. I look at my notes and I definitely notice as my notes say Riku's story. Everyone's smelling things, including each other. Also, you should like darkness. Yep. <laughs> I want a bit more, but that, I, I was kind of in awe when I was first <laughs> going through the scenes. Like, it's like really does seem like everyone just wants to tell Riku darkness is cool. We have yep. candy. Darkness smells like darkness actually smells like poo gas. Yep. Yep, exactly. So we've got we got Freakazoid on this then. So now we go through Monstro, I think. Well, we can go. We pick our path, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, Vexen just mocks Riku after fighting, saying that was some neat darkness. Thanks. And, yep. and Riku's like, I hate these guys. Yep. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even think Riku has to fight all that often in between floors. There's not nearly as many fights as Sora has because he has less repetition and he doesn't fight Larxene or Marluxia. Right. I don't even think Axel. So it kind of takes right. those fights out of it. Mm -hmm. So next we say after another world, we go back to Zexy and Lexus, who seem to be trying to figure out the plots. They are just sitting down in the basement. They have heard something that's going upstairs and they are just like, OK, let me try and put this together. Sora is climbing up the building. I just want to stop you there because sitting down, they don't have chairs. There's Shit, no you're right. Shit, you're just, right. They had to get an empty room. That's dark. Yep. But anyways, continue. Yeah. OK. And so they're like, OK, so. Let me see if I got this straight. Sora is being used as a memory dump to get rid of all of his old memories and put in shiny new memories. And Mark scene are being sketchy about that. And I don't know what the hell Axel's doing. Exactly. Like they they're like, OK, cool. So that's the plot of the Sora route. Got it. We just did that. <laughs> all right. So let's not do anything. Let Vexen take care of this. Yep. Like they they have absolutely no desire to help out uh, any of their buddies up above something from later in 358 is that we sort of learn why all these people are in the castle and if Larxene and Marluxia are in the castle because they're dirty traitors I'm pretty sure these two are in the castle because they're getting stoned all the fucking time and are useless to the cause so this isn't like punishment duty they uh they wash someone's cloak with tie-dye and now it's all running and they got thrown in the basement they actually want to be here I don't know if they actually want to be here, but like this is where they were assigned to be. Specifically, they were set up for failure. I said, so they can't be bothered to help anyone. Sexy literally says, let's just let Vexen take care of it. That's better than us doing it. Yep. 
Like they have absolutely no desire to help out and good thing because they are not wanted. <laughs> Poor guys. I kind of feel bad for them now. <laughs> and to make things a little bit more wild, we're going to throw in another twist, even though it's one we already know. Riku in his next floor meets another Riku. Oh, boy. This one's pretty funny because when we first met Repliku, he definitely seemed under the delusion that he was Riku. But right now he has no illusions of it. Uh, it I guess it would be hard to deny that when you're facing yourself. Right. My guess here is that it happens a little bit after we're first introduced to Repliku as Sora. No, it's actually quite clear this is before. Yeah, this feel this somehow oh. has to happen beforehand. Like the time flow between uh, Sora's route and the Riku's route is incredibly unclear. We only get like two or three points of data suggesting anything. So, mm-hmm. but we we do get one shared scene coming up that actually really that centers things. That's possible that that Repliku simply had his had the memories of Riku implanted in him after this scene. Perhaps like. Whatever the case is, like they had to crack his skull open, scoop out all the brains and put in all the Riku juice. I mean, right right now, he's 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 on the darkness is awesome train. He's just shouting how Riku's afraid of darkness. Darkness is cool. I love darkness. Isn't this great? Wimp. Yep. He even calls him real thing for no real reason. Yep. And then he and then he after a fight, he scapers. It's. Pretty much just more Riku replica on the Riku shit. And then go back to Matt. The next scene, we see like the replicas talking with the basement dwellers and even says, like, I'd like to meet Sora. That'd be neat, huh? So this is before he ever ran into him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the timeline starts getting even weirder because Riku starts dragging his feet is my best guess here, because even though this is clearly early in it, suddenly for the next data point, we have a whole bunch has run ahead. So I guess Riku just has taking it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or time flows differently. Yeah, time flows differently. But also it's hard to have a big argument with, you know, the dream ansem from inside of your brain. Right. Uh, it might just take a long time. And I do have something to say about that I think is interesting. Go for it. Because, well, no, just because in the next scene, ansem pops up again just kind of because you've run out of cards. Oh, yeah. Got to give you more cards. We got to like, He's not maintain. exactly fake. It's like Ansem just goes on and more of this pseudo riddle stuff saying, are you fake? Maybe he's real because he accepts the darkness. You pretend to have no fear. That's being really fake. And Riku's like, can you guys just stop talking? So <laughs> Riku, is, Riku is just kind of like setting up a version of himself to argue with in his brain. Which is funny because this Ansem is kind of solid. He throws him cards. But maybe, no, the cards come from his own memories, so maybe he's just conjuring himself and imagining Ansem making cards for him. Sora had you provided with cards by organization members, remember? Right, right. But this Ansem is all in Riku's brain. Is he? Kinda, maybe. <laughs> so I guess after the next world, we decide to enter a rerun. Mm-hmm. It's basically just stuff we already saw in the uh, Sora route. Where Vexen said he had his new thing to try and Axel and Arxene are shitting on him. Pretty much... The next real scene that we get is Lexius well, and Zexion learning that Vexion no. died. No. Oh, wait. Because we the this, this scene extends. We see what happens to Repliku. Okay. Okay. Basically, Lark's, said, we see that like when Larxene and Axel had offered a Destiny Islands card to Vexen, they actually mm-hmm. said, well, you can use this to remake your replica's mind. And, mm-hmm. he's, and, and Repliku is horrified. Partly because he thinks Riku's a wimp, he doesn't want to hire a loser, but he definitely doesn't want to lose his identity. Right, right. He really likes the identity of going around shouting about being fake or real. 
Yeah, well, our scene fries him and knocks him down, and like it's kind of horrible because Repliku has no choice of what's happening here. He is absolutely aghast. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, don't worry. Arcee says, "Nominate will erase the memory of me knocking you flat." Mm. Or Repliku, and they're going to reprogram him as thinking he is a, 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 an exact memory copy of Riku. Yep. Which is interesting. It suggests that whatever the replica was first made, he didn't start as that. Like, he had some yep. of his personality, but he was his own thing. And then, they, again, they cracked his skull open and then poured a bunch of Riku juice in. So is Naminé, like, just a blender that goes on puree? Like, mm. I'm not happy with that Depends one. on how she I'm does not happy either. I'm not happy with that. Yeah. That thought it's doesn't just, make me happy. It does not bring joy. So, yeah. Next scene is, once again, we get we get to see Naminé and Lark's scene. This... So a lot of these beats, like the individual beats, don't quite hit what I like about this route, I'll say. Um, but, it, but it is interesting because it's also filling in holes about some of Sora's route, too. Yeah, yeah. Like possibly why Repliku has a mind after his memories get, ex- get exploded by I think later. So, like, I think the problem is a lot of these fill-in scenes are bringing us back to the characters from the Sora route. And I want to spend more time just, like, watching Riku argue with the Ansem in his brain. Yeah, Lark's scene harping on how horrible Nominee's powers are for the tenth time in a row does get a little tiring. Yep. Replica is now white knighting for Nominee. Yep, like you do. He has been fully convinced that the star it, in his hand is real. Yeah. Yep. So after the, the next world, we end up with Lexius telling Zexion that Vexen kicked the bucket. Yep. Yep. Vexen's so, dead. Bummer. <laughs> his scent, his gone. scent is gone. Yep. Axel killed him. That's yep. horrible. We're all killing each other. Oh, no. Well, not much we can do about that. Let's go bug Riku. Yep. And Zexian that's all on the scene is it's half a dozen lines. Yep. yep. It, Zexian even says we can't eliminate Sora, can we? Yeah, they well, the superior the organization one. clearly wants Sora for something. <laughs> not Mar- not Marluxia's half-baked point about enemies plan, but like something else entirely. The superior is in dire need of this hero of lights. Yep. So but we have no need for Riku. So, well, actually, we want to obtain his darkness. So mm-hmm. let's go obtain that darkness. So then after his next where Riku notes more smells. Mm hmm. But he's figured out that nobody wasn't just a weird joke, Vexilis, but he started calling them that, too. Because yep. Lexus appears before him and is like, oh, you're a giant brick shit house in a black cloak. I think I figured this out. Yep. <laughs> and Lexius is wielding a weapon as big as he is, and he's big. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lexius has a big fuck off axe. His element is earth, which you'd probably guess just by looking at him. <laughs> Well, the funny thing, because he's like, he's ruddy skin and red, funny thing is, it looks more like a big, weird shaped sword. Like, it doesn't have an axe right, yeah. flare. It just has this long blade with a heavy weight behind it, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I've seen it often called a tomahawk, but that's something else entirely. If he had an associated with Final Fantasy class, he'd probably be a warrior. I generally agree. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, she's like, said, Riku's just, oh, you're a nobody. What's up? He, he seems kind of done. He, like, Riku's just like, Please, you people are far less interesting than the Ansem that's giving me these cards. Go away. Lexia says, we're just going to fight now. Let's fight, boy. <laughs> yep. And then after the fight, Rico gets his ass kicked because it's a fucking cutscene. What? Wait, what now? Well, after the fight, Lexia knocks him down, even though you win the fight. Mm-hmm. But then that always irks me. I don't know. Uh, and then he has a but then Riku does have the victory afterwards anyway. Yeah. But maybe this is just me being picky, but 
if you're going to do that, you might as well do it in the fight as well. Do like a hopeless strike down, like Beatrix and FF9 game just knock you to one HP whenever she feels like it. Cheap, but it actually feels like. But again, no, uh, you do, Riku doesn't get knocked down. He is faking it and he gets back up and kills Lexius right away. Except he doesn't. Yeah. Suddenly Riku appears to be possessed. He, I said, he, like Riku, like Lexius just knocks Riku to the ground. Riku, ah. Riku gets covered in a black cloud. Just kind of turns turns into his dark outfit mode, does a like a samurai teleport slash, and then when he speaks, he has Ansem's voice overlaying on his own. Okay. I just I actually just interpret that as Riku using his basically the ultimate ability that Ansem gave him. But part of the reason Ansem gave him that ability is because it pushes him closer to the darkness. I'm still not sure on that. Like, there's definitely some things I want to discuss on that. It just really seems like this is the farthest Riku's of darkness. He almost immediately loses. He just basically immediately passes out. Okay. And now suddenly he's in a swirling black void and we hear Ansem speak. I see you now. Clearly. Huh? Luxus? Riku, I can see your heart. No, it's not. Darkness is foul. Could only, only be... That's it. Remember me. Let me drift into your heart. Ansem! You called out my name. You have been thinking about me. You're afraid of the darkness that I command. Good. The more you think of me, the closer my return draws. And when I have awoken, I will take hold. Your heart will be mine! And then Ansem appears for the first time and lunges at Riku. Riku, fight! Don't let him win! Your Majesty! You meddlesome king! And yes, we have asked Matt to say the voice exactly like that, because that's how it went. Yeah, it is probably the most incredible line read in all of uh, Chain of Memories. Yeah, it's a fun in all of Kingdom Hearts, because there's some others. <laughs> and, then after, <laughs> and then after Ghost Mickey says Riku, he wakes up again. And I just want to visit here a thought. Ansem's acting different than he had been in this scene. Okay. Before now, he was talking in riddles, pushing Riku forward like very subtly. But now he's talking like, I finally see you. You've been thinking about me. You've called out my name. OK. It almost seems like Ansem is reset as you like he's just awoken and he okay. immediately, immediately attacks Riku. Hmm. So what you're saying is Riku is arguing with his brain this time. Yes. But was he before? <laughs> Riku's arguing with his brain. <laughs> well, his brain's what's made most of his bad decisions throughout his life. Yeah, he should probably argue with that. His brain is slightly becoming Swiss cheese, just like everybody else's in this building. Well, it's not that his brain is becoming Swiss cheese. It's that his it's brain is crowded. His his brain is getting smoked by darkness. But not only that, it's <laughs> crowded. Ansem's hanging around there. Mickey's yeah. taking kind of taking up a sublet. Yep. His How do I hold all these personalities? Wait, that's way too early for this joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then we switch back to Zexion, now alone in his spots. He's missing his smoking buddy. So Axel shows up. Neolite? Uh, I feel bad about <laughs> that one. Yeah. Well, I just yeah, want to yeah. say he said something kind of amazing. What did, what did he say? He said he already took his pounding from Sora. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't want to be the one to always make those jokes, but the way Axel loves to be slightly catty with people, I can't resist. And I mean, <laughs> I feel like given the time in which the story is taken, he has to be thinking about a certain character at that point as well. Mm -hmm. huh. 
Yeah. I mean, Axel very openly uh, admits to Zexion that Marluxia is a traitor and that it in, doesn't say in so many words, but it's clear that Axel was perfectly happy things went this way. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we get Riku kind of detecting that one of the scents has died. And Strong Zexion, one. Uh, yep. Zexion shows up to say that Marluxia just got off by Sora. Yep. Yeah, Sora apparently jumped through six floors when Riku did like three by my count. So all that time arguing with Ansem in your brain takes a lot of takes a lot of time out of you. Mm. Mickey was Mickey's been kind of slow. Mm. But interestingly, Zexion happily slips to Riku that Sora is here, which no one has bothered to tell him up till now. Oh yeah. Useful information for you, Riku. Zexion says, You're so dark you're so dark with your darkness and darkiness that I think that Sora will be mad to see you. Then he gives you a card to Destiny Islands. Yep. And now we finally enter a world where something happens with Riku. Yep. Zexion tries to convince Riku that, you know, since you have darkness in you, since Sora's fate is to battle the darkness, you can never be friends with him. Well, he pretty much says, are you shamed? Says, and here, let me prove it to you by showing you your home. Inside the Destiny Islands, we have Riku's trying to interact with all the memory people, uh, not getting any responses. They keep vanishing on him. They keep vanishing on them. They don't respond to him like they they're kind of just like driving home how much Riku has already cast off, bringing it back to that theme that we had in Hollow Bastion and was quickly discarded like like all of Riku's things that he's casting off. Zexion actually appears and points out again, you've only met the dark beings. Your memories mm-hmm. at home are gone. All you have are your dark memories. Mm-hmm. And then Riku's like, I remember my friends. Said, yeah, but you destroyed them and threw it away. Mm hmm. And just at a point, Zexion changes things to the Night Destiny Islands ended. Yeah, I still like the where where Zexion, you know, he basically s- says to Riku that you're the one who's responsible for the destruction of the Destiny Islands, specifically because you hated being an islander. You hated living here. And it was you who caused all of this trouble. You opened the darkness, the door okay. to darkness. You pulled the darkness in. Yeah. And you embraced it as the darkness consumed your home. Yep. And then and then he says, this is what you really are. And he makes a dark side because, of course, he does. Yep. So much dark side. a dark side. And then Riku finds Sora. OK. And Sora tries to kick his ass. Yep. Sora does. Stop it, Sora. Don't you recognize me? Yeah, I recognize you. I can see exactly what you've become. Shoots a laser at him. How can the light hurt you, Riku? Have you really become a creature of the dark? You're not Riku anymore. You're just a pawn of the darkness. So be it. It's time for you to face the light. I'm fading, fading away into the light. And then Kyrie in quote marks appears. And none of us here are going. We're all going to spare you our Kyrie voices for now. So we'll just keep discussing it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm not going to try yet. Okay. The Kyries basically say you this is another dark, 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 light, dark, dark, light, light speech. Yep. So much. And darkness. please don't don't take don't take my sarcasm as anchor. I enjoy this. I love it's, Kyrie going. You can escape the deepest darkness. And he's like, I can see through the brightest lights. It's just it's just just charming insanity. Like it is. It's going full bore into we have picked our semiotics and we're going to use them. Damn it. <laughs> and so we have this conversation with. Kyrie trying to and Kyrie tells Riku to follow the darkness because the darkness is actually his strength. Mm-hmm. Don't look away from it. Don't fear it. You will not. We won't be afraid of anything if you can face yourself. Be brave. Right. And then we get this 
a superimposition of Kyrie and Namine kind of revealing that it's that it's Namine reaching into Riku's mind in order to save him more or less. I gotta say, Namine is doing some real ass work here trying yep. to fix this stuff. Yeah, we should probably thank her at some point. So Riku just yells darkness and enters his dark mode. And that basically destroys the illusion of Sora burning him with a field of light. Mm -hmm. Then he slashed to the Sora and then Sora transforms into sexy and it's like, Impossible! How is it that you found me when you were there in the light? You reek of darkness, even though light can't bot the smell. (laughs) (laughs) Are are we all five years old? Because I I, I worry that, but it just keeps happening. It's so funny. (laughs) I think that was the exact point where I was just like, wow, you really picked an idea. Uh, You ran with it. It's not even the worst. Props for trying it. <laughs> it's it's not even the worst use of this. There's still a couple coming, well, at least one of which is they had to have realized what they said. And <laughs> it, it like maybe maybe. OK, so Reverse Rebirth was still in the GBA release, correct? Yes, it was. Yes. So maybe, in fact, though, I just want to stop here. Say we fight Zexion here in the Game Boy Advance game. You never fought him. You just had this scene is my understanding. And then there was. OK, so this this was added. Or re- recon. Got it. Right. In fact, in Kingdom okay. Hearts 2, Never mind a place which, there's a place which shows all their weapons. Zexion's board, some of them are damaged. His is so completely destroyed, we can't see what his weapon was. But apparently he uses a book and illusion. Mm-hmm. So, well, what were you going to say? Because it was because was it about the Zexion fight? Uh, oh, I was just going to make a comment about how maybe it, for the GBA, they thought it seemed fine. And then they were like, no, that's OK. But the fact that it's... Uh, Stuff added into recom changes. Well, I think the scene still happens. Just the bot. I think he slashes Zexian and then Zexian poofs away. There's no boss fight. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Here we have Zexian after the battle. Zexian tries to taunt Riku and say he's still on the side of darkness. And when Riku denies it, he asks Riku, "When did that happen? You were always terrified of the dark before." And Riku has essentially gained confidence from that that little speech mm-hmm. Amine slash Kyrie gave and right. is completely confident in who he is and he can use the light and darkness freely however he wants now. Mm-hmm. This is a really valuable story section because for all his angst, it's important that Riku has gets this time of reflection. He mm-hmm. partly unknowingly, but partly knowingly did a lot of shit. Yep. And if they just said, well, you were controlled, that's not acceptable. And if he just if he just let himself be swallowed by guilt, that's not acceptable either. That's wallowing. So instead, mm-hmm. he well, he's worried and a little scared. He's going forward, and we actually are seeing his mind kind of working through it. Right. He is making some serious development here and getting ready to be at the place we're going to find him in the next game, which is a very interesting place. I'll of course I'll just let everyone know ahead of time. Yep. He is maturing at a pretty interesting rate. I will say, considering how much of a full mature he already started at. So. He yeah, faux maturity, good term. Mm-hmm. So after after Zexion runs, I mean, I mean, he runs like a coward. He pops back up here into their smoking room and he's beat up. But mm-hmm. he's holding his side when you're when your animation model can't quite show battle damage. That's an easy way to show it. Mm-hmm. And Axel shows up with Repliku, though for a second, Zexion's scared as fuck because he thinks it's actually Riku. And then Zexion is like, oh, shit. Yeah, we can just use that Riku to defeat the real one. That'll work. And because Axel is the king troll, he asks Repliku if he wants to be a real boy. <laughs> He's like, you know, 
You just need power, your own power. There's some nice darkness right there. You should eat that. Yep. And basically, he Axel talks uh, Repiku into killing Zexion and absorbing his power. That's fucked up, Axel. What the hell? You found out too much. That, that's right. what he always says. I mean, it seems like Zexion was about, I don't want to say innocent because, you know, Cloak Club, but he well, was apparently just caught in this crossfire. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what exactly he found out too much of that required his extermination. Maybe he just found out the too much the uh, enjoyment of getting high in the basement. My <laughs> guess is it's that Axel killed Vexen or that he knew or that Zexian had figured out part of Marush's plans and he just didn't want anyone to know that. OK, but at the I same time, like, it's that Axel and they're not expecting anyone to leave alive except himself. And so Axel. maybe maybe he's specifically like, oh, shit, you figured out what the superior's plans were for Sora and Riku. Can't have that. Apparently those plans aren't beneficial for, for you know, for the Stoner Brigade. Right. Well, or not specifically beneficial for Axel. To start to smell like pot. Uh, like. That's dankness. Oh, Matt. Matt. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So then, so then Riku's brain starts yelling at him again. Yep. <laughs> you let in the darkness, you know. Yep, that was silly. Now, is it Riku's <laughs> brain? Are we in Riku's brain or are we outside of Riku's brain and Riku's talking to Atolpa? Well, whatever's happening is darkness is like Riku freezes and darkness starts rising out of him as Anson's voice appears. And then mm. Mickey Sphere saved him again. Yep. So I guess the, I think that's feel like the one constant is that Mickey shows up whenever it's the actual Ansem is what you're saying. I'm not sure because he definitely showed up at least once with the one that was speaking to him and giving cards, which. I think we're about to see proof of this is probably a separate individual. Okay. But Mickey shows up here, and then Mickey shows up here. Mm. He turns around, and Mickey's there in his funny adventure gear. Mm-hmm. Mickey gives Riku the last card. Yep. And he also goes to that Twilighty town. First, Riku grabs Mickey's face. What do you mean by grabs his face here? Describe it in a bit more detail, please. I want to understand. Mickey's saying how glad he is that he finally reached him. and um, So this is like a full bear hug. <laughs> no, no. He actually reached out and it cups Mickey's cheeks in his hands. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. And Mickey, and Mickey I mean, okay. kind of closes his eyes and starts talking about how much that tickles. <laughs> let's be let's be clear. If you saw Mickey, wouldn't you do that, too? <laughs> I might grab the ears. Yeah, that seems. Are we calling this ship Miku? Is it, uh, uh, is it Miku? Isn't Miku the raccoon from Pocahontas? Uh, <laughs> the Miku I know is Hatsune Miku. I know that's. that's mm. But. I mean, Mickey, what one one Mickey is married. This has been established. Well, it's he's 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 royalty. So it's probably a political marriage and they have the same last name already. So, well, for royalty, it still makes sense. I should stop. Does, the thought. Like and <laughs> like, honestly, let's be I feel like it's more likely just that, oh, you have a if you're going to have Disney friends and well, see how fuzzy they are. Well, yeah, it's. No, 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 no. I'm just going to say, like, it's not a ship. It's just a Disney friend. If Sora is stuck with Donald and Goofy as Disney friends, Riku somehow managed to land Mickey. Riku's got at least Riku's some luck got going the fla- on. Riku's got the flagship. <laughs> yes. Sora's are not inferior at all, but Riku's still, he said, he is, he is much, as great as those guys are, they're great. It's hard to argue with hanging out with number one. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. yep. Now we get to go into Twilight Town because Mickey has the Twilight Town card for some reason. And then Mickey vanishes in Twilight Town and Ansem shows up again. Mm-hmm. But it, now Riku is pretty clear that it's not. Yeah. 
You're not the true Ansem. Your scent is different. The answer in my heart smells darker. The odor is more foul. But your scent just isn't that. It's not darkness. It's something else. Okay. I'm going to go into some stupid nerd things here. You've seen the Joker's biggest boner, right? Yes. Yes, I've seen that comic. It's the one where it's clearly an old 60s probably era Batman comic in which it's clear at the time back then, boner more specifically meant like big mistake. Right. And in this issue, I, it's just to keep saying, but Batman forced me into a boner. I'll force him into a boner. The biggest boner ever. And it's like, how dare they chortle at my boner? <laughs> yeah, they had an excuse. The word had a different meaning and the newer meaning wasn't quite there. <laughs> Smelling people has always been a little weird. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Total at Joker's scent. <laughs> I just like it, it. It just keeps happening. I found it out between different uses of the word scent, smell, odor, and other ones about this. It's more than two dozen times it comes up in this relatively short part. It's like all the cutscenes together are barely over an hour, and it just keeps coming up. Yep. That's well, it's not Diz's fault he smells like poo gas. No, <laughs> apparently he doesn't, though. Yeah, Diz smells like something else. It smells, he has, it just has a whiff of it. And so oh, Ansem transforms. It's something almost but not entirely unlike poo gas. He transformed a guy who looks like he's wearing belts all over his face. Yep. That That's how, how you wear belts, dude. Okay, maybe this guy is, has a sulfurous smell about him. Well, to be more precise, he's wearing some sort of head, red head wrap, and then he has this big belt, this big belt wrapped around it to crisscross over it, and he's wearing this very dramatic cloaky outfit. Damn it, Nomura! And, stop it with the belts. Well, Riku notes this is definitely the guy who was giving him the cards. So mm-hmm. I still don't know if I got every instance right, but it's definitely you could tell there was a separation between actual Ansem and this guy being Ansem because he wanted to fuck with Riku. Yep. Can like, I just tell you that even though Diz is too old to be a Chuni, Diz is probably the most Chuni name that ever existed, though we don't know exactly what it stands for yet. Yeah. Um. Like, OK, Diz. Can I just say I that Diz sucks? <laughs> I understand it is a. I don't want to go too deep into it because it's more fun to reveal him a chunk at a time. But my understanding is overall, you kind of get fed up with him by the end. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is the first piece of that puzzle of this. What the fuck is this guy's deal? Why does he suck so much? Because like he's basically just spent 13 floors of Castle Oblivion trolling Riku. And quite possibly brought him there because Riku was in that void. In the yeah, 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 yeah. Diz is it seems pretty clear that Diz is the reason that Riku is even here to begin with. Why did Diz do this to make Riku play choose. with his dark side? He said, to me, I want you to choose. Yep. Go meet Namine. You're between light and darkness. Meet her, then choose. And so now you have to go through Twilight Town to go find Namine. But first, you got to fight Repliku. Yep. So much at, replicate at this point. Repliku, this is clearly Repliku after the after he stomped off from Sora because he left with Axel anyways and they attacked Texia. Mm-hmm. He's done. I mean, Riku's been done with shit, but Repliku is utterly done. Riku's like, no, I'm me. And Repliku's like, oh, I'm me, he says. <laughs> Must be nice being real. <laughs> he no longer thinks he's Riku. He clearly has. Like he recovered what memory he, he did. I don't think he's recovered his original personality, but he's clearly reformed something that wasn't just Riku after Nominee blew up his heart. But, th- but now he's completely in existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Everything about me is borrowed. As long as you're around, I'll never be more than a shadow. 
And yeah. the fight, of course, Riku wins. Yep. Because if Riku doesn't win, you get a game over. And have to start over. It's a, and then Riku, Repliku's like, what happens when a fake dies? When, like me, where will my heart go? Does it disappear? Riku suggests, maybe we'll go to the same place mine did. Oh, thanks. A faithful replica to the end. I guess that's okay. I guess that's okay. We haven't fully, like, we're st- we still have a vague cosmology out here and all that, so we don't really want to touch on any kind of, like, metaphysical stuff that will yeah. piss off anyone that has a real belief, so we just ha- are yeah. keep- keeping up with this vague art metaphor stuff going on right and now. And I will say, I can't imagine a Disney story where character goes, but what is death? What happens when I die? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you just rot. Your body turns to mulch, and you just sort of disappear. Don't worry, you just rot in the ground. Again, we don't want to step in anyone's beliefs. I'm not even saying that what I'm saying is the belief here. It's just the funniest response. It would be hilarious if Disney did say that. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> just like Disney just they caught the writers on a really bad day. Next time, Disney says Santa doesn't exist. Sorry, kids, if you're listening to this podcast somehow, Santa does exist, I swear. But sometimes he's a skeleton. Skellington. No, Santa's not a skeleton. Oh, wait, no. Sometimes, sometimes Santa loans skeleton. out his job to... Uh, yeah, sometimes he loans his job to a skeleton. Again, but you're missing. I'm not saying skeleton. I know. Skellington. I know what you're saying. Max <laughs> Skellington is still a skeleton. So finally, Riku reaches the white glowy room with the pod in Namine. But we still have to go through the Castle Oblivion itself, right? No, this is before the final confrontation. Okay. Yep. So Namine kind of explains everything to Riku. I put Sora in this flower. Yep. And he chose to, he reveals that Sora chose to get all of his old memories back. And then she gives Riku a choice as well. And Riku's like, no one's messed with my memories. Like, no, something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's your darkness. In your heart, there is darkness. And in that darkness is Ansem. He may be at bay for now, but eventually he'll wake. He'll take over you just like he did before. But I have powers that you can use. With my powers, I can put a tight lock on your heart. That way, Ansem could never come out from inside you. And she goes on to explain that Riku will forget almost everything about, like like Sora, everything about the castle, possibly further, because she's going to delete everything about the darkness in his mind to increase the seal. And Riku looks at Sora and mocks him for taking the sleepy way out. <laughs> He would. He'd find a way to slack off. Yep. Yep. So R- Riku chooses instead to actually confront the darkness and control it rather than right. forget about it. And it does seem like Namine, like she, he asked, did you know I picked that? He's like, well, I kind of hoped. And he's like, oh, so that's the reason. That's why he came to my rescue inside that light in the form of Kairi. And Namine asks, when did you know? And Riku says, I know when I met you. You and Kairi smell the same. God damn it. God damn it. That's stop. God damn it. No, no. We need to end this metaphor right now. Stop the car. I am turning it around. We are going to put this away. We are not and using Nam- that metaphor anymore. And the wonderful thing is Nominate doesn't say anything. She just kind of nods and smiles. You just you feel like she's pretty fucking creepy, me. dude. Pretty <laughs> fucking creepy. The steps to the exit. There. I mean, it was there when I saw that scene because I was first to finish the story of us this time around. And I was discussing things with John, and so I just stopped talking about scent entirely because I didn't want the thought too deep in his head as John discovered it. So he'd hit this scene completely shocked. I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck are you even talking about, Riku? Why did you, you say just get this? a scene of scene of Riku in the past smelling Kyrie's hair? <laughs> no, no. Nami's like, here, how is this mace smell? I think the best explanation for why the scent metaphor goes away is Riku's ashamed. Yeah, Riku's totally ashamed. He's like, 
This has become his secret shame. He will never tell anyone about this again. Everyone else that used that <laughs> metaphor is already dead. He is the last one. No more. The secret dies with him. The secret dies with him. No one will ever hear of the smells that he smelled in the basement of Castle Oblivion. <laughs> so he leaves. Namine presumably locks the door behind him and boards it up. Yep. <laughs> and he, Fuck that guy. He heads out, <laughs> and he heads out to meet Mickey and Diz. Yep. And Mickey's like, I think I know this guy, but I'm not sure. And then Diz t- t- teaches us a secret that we need to remember for the rest of the games. Know that this is a, a reason for it all times. We've never spoken of again. He he offers them the black cloaks. Oh, yes. Explaining that the organization like hunting dogs will sniff you down, but the cloaks hide things from their noses. <laughs> mm. It, it also helps protect her from darkness, but no, it protects it hides from their noses, though their yep. ears not so much. So these cloaks, they are trapping inside them whatever smell is coming off these people, which tells me the orc members have been wearing them so long and not washing them that it's just soaked through. Yeah, so yeah. I was right. They, it, is, yeah. it is like a smoker's jacket, but squared. Yep. Uh, smoker's jacket with included poo gas. Yeah. So that's the excuse why everyone wears these same dark cloaks. They they're useful for not being hurt by darkness, but also you smell us. I don't want this lore. Please take it back. <laughs> Whenever you say that, just think of next generation. I mean, that's your choice. You woke up today and chose to think of next generation whenever I say a very common word. But it's also a character's name. I know this, but you're the one who's decided to continue to make that reference. You have agency in this matter, Jared. You can choose to not reference Star Trek. I have chosen my own path. <laughs> so after it's this, a, it's, it's not even a path to normal or weird, but the path to endless references. <laughs> so after this, Diz tosses Riku a Castle Oblivion card and Mickey wants to come help kick Ansem's ass. But Riku says he has to do it alone. Yep. The card will draw out all the Ansem inside Riku so he gets to fight his brain. Yep. Let's go fight our brain. And so he just starts calling for Ansem's like, why are you such a hurry? I'm here. Mm. And just because we're not quite done. Damn it. I want to do this scene with Riku and Ansem. I smell you, Ansem. Show yourself. I have watched you fight. I know your strength. Your skill with darkness has grown. It has become more mature. And yet, Why? Why do you accept the darkness, but still refuse me? You know you and I are similar. We both follow where the darkness leads. Indeed, we are the same. So why? Does some part of your heart still have a fear of the dark? That's not it. The truth is, I just can't stand your foul stench. Right to the end, right to the second last thing he says to the final boss, we're in this. Yep. <laughs> we continue running with this fucking metaphor. Like, I, I, it, it makes me laugh. I do love it. It is hilarious as I'll get out. But I'm half convinced Sora's like me. I have a weak sense of smell, so maybe that's the reason he never seems to notice. But, okay, there are other contexts in which we do get to control Riku, and Riku never mentions it there. This is the only time this, that Riku brings it up. This is his secret shame. His don't realization that, up, wait. Bring it up. Don't, don't, don't mention smell. Don't mention smell. Don't mention smell. Don't mention like, smell. Like, and he just sort of like has this tacit agreement with Mickey. No one can know. <laughs> and, you know, for being a corporate mascot, Mickey's a pretty understanding, chill dude. Yeah, this so is he, very he'll, true. He'll give he'll give this poor kid his awkwardness. Yeah, like 
no one can know about the smell of darkness that Riku is obsessed with. Yes. So, <laughs> so Anson is defeated, though he doesn't say anything about scent. He does say his darkness will linger. <laughs> and then he lets out this gigantic cloud of dark from himself. And I am so not going to say what joke I want to say. But what Tinkerbell Mickey help. Yeah. But Tinkerbell Mickey saves Riku from it because we actually didn't talk about this. Mickey amusingly was not taking Riku shit. Riku saying, I got to do this alone because yep, that's why I'm going to be there to help you. Yep. Yep. Mickey, I, I really just flat out love Mickey here. He's just like, nope, none of this. None of this angsty shit. This is Disney. We are doing angsty, it the Disney yeah. way. An angsty boy needs a positive, high-pitched mouse to keep him on the right path. It, it is the hard-ass cinnamon roll equation. <laughs> and so finally, as Mickey and Riku get out of this stupid place that they probably never want to go to again. Yeah, no one wants to go back to Castle Oblivion. Or do we? Anyway. <laughs> but anyway. So, Riku, what happens next? Are you going home? I can't go home. Not yet. It's still here. It's really faint, but I can sense him. <laughs> Interpretation might. So I think his darkness may still have a hold on me. Darkness belongs to you, just the way your light does. Up until now, I thought darkness was something that should never exist. Then I spent time with you and changed my mind. The road you chose, I didn't know. Light and dark, back to back. With you, I think they might meet in a way that no one's ever seen before. Wonder where that road leads. I'd like to see myself. Hmm? I'd like to walk that road with you. Your Majesty, I'm really flattered. I don't know what to say. Gosh, Riku, you don't have to call me that now. We're pals. Uh-huh. Fair enough, <laughs> Mickey. And they leave the castle out in the dark plain they've run into Diz. What are you making me choose now? Between the road to light and the road to darkness. Neither suits me. I'm taking the middle road. Do you mean the twilight road to nightfall? No, it's the road to dawn. Yes. So that's and then the credits hit with the needle drop of simple and clean again. The last time we're going to hear it in this series. Maybe you don't lie and you know it. <laughs> Maybe. So we see Riku and Mickey walking. We see that blonde kid from before in Twilight Town with the other kids mm -hmm. and, and hanging and then Axel talks to him out. We see Naminé looking after Sora with Diz and someone else shows up in a black cloak. Mm -hmm. And then once again, we get a final poem. Beyond the path without you is a forgotten promise to keep. We may have walked side by side, but now we go on back to back. And though our paths may not cross, all paths are connected somewhere. When I arrive at where you are, we may not appear to be as we were. But we'll make another promise to keep. And thus ends Chain of Memories. Thus ends Riku's smell fetish. <laughs> so I actually I actually really like this theme. And this is where I start to really like Riku as a character. Yeah, and yeah. Riku, Riku goes up in my equation after this a big amount. He kind of has that thing going where, you know, he's simply human. All humans have light and dark right. within them. And it's a question of how you use that that darkness because nobody can be made of yeah. complete positivity. I mean, you have Sora, but and, you know, we all like Sora as a character, but how many of us can really be Sora and right. not lie to ourselves? 
It's like, and we know that I said a lot how I found Riku very toxic in the first game. And maybe it's not fair that I need him to go through something like this, but he did. And it lets you see further in him, and you see him trying to find himself. Right. And it is help that he's alone, so he's not forcibly comparing himself to others or trying to push off others. Right. Like He has to face a crappy version of himself. Yeah, this is the first time Riku is able to, like, really have the spotlight shown on him and... Uh, we get to see things through his perspective rather than through Sora's perspective, Sora's unrelentingly positive perspective. And while he's being an angsty boy, he's really not on a shit at all. Yeah, like um, he comes off a lot better over this game, especially when he does go through the reflection of, oh, shit, I really did pretty much destroy my homeland because I was on my shit, if you, as you will. <laughs> It's I think it's just it's it's a great phrase. Mm -hmm. He was angsty. He was pushy. He wanted he was selfish. He was looking beyond where he was. None of these Mm -hmm. things are something that people shouldn't be because they're often just parts of you. But all together, I said, on his shit. (laughs) Yep. And so from here on out, Riku is going to be a kind of different character. And yet you can still see him there. He's still cocky. And mm-hmm. that's nothing, again, nothing wrong with that. It could be a little obnoxious from time to time, but it's still he's cocky like a friend who knows he's who knows he's good, but not one who's trying to put down the others around him. I, I, let me rephrase that, actually. I want to rephrase my statement here because I didn't quite think my meaning got across. Go, man. Riku is going to be several different characters from now on. <laughs> but I really <laughs> subtle. like I really do Too like subtle, how you really think so. Yeah. <laughs> I really do like how Riku kind of he acknowledges that what he did in the past was wrong and yet he's still himself. You know, mm-hmm. if if we were back on Destiny Islands and Riku were like this, he would no longer use his superiority to try to tear down Sora, but rather to try to pull Sora up along with him. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I do get the feeling it was never completely deliberately malicious it's just that's what Riku kind of felt was natural yeah like he's had to grow up too yeah he had a lot of that toxic teen uh mentality of what you're supposed to be as a teen I mean it probably came from a good place he thought he was best so he should be doing things for others Mm -hmm. and not even just like I'm not saying like being I'll just say like I'm the best so I should act that way right I'll be helpful to everyone Mm -hmm. but that sort of thing just it, it just festers and so, yeah, he goes on his own journey and comes out the other end, hopefully a better person. I think Sora actually does kind of become a better person from this journey. But since he forgets all of it, quote unquote, it it's a little bit more subtle. But mm-hmm. I think I like Kingdom Hearts 2 Sora a lot better. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2 Sora is interesting, Sora. and we'll be able to talk about that next. But I really like the poems at the end of the Kingdom Hearts games. They're yeah. just... Oh, yeah. I really like how earnest they are. They're, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the proper term for it, uh, my roommate, who is a bit of a TV tropes guy, gave me the the vocabulary word NARM. And I think there, there are a little bit it's not, NARM. So it's not quite NARM, I'd say. Like, it, it would be NARM if these were voiced over in the game. <laughs> but like I think because they are just these uh, subtle... Uh, text on screen without any voice to them, it actually does have a very impactful uh, play. It does play well. well. Yeah, I think they're impactful even despite of it. Yeah, well, like we are because we're in a audio medium here. We have to say it out loud. 
But right. as, as much as Chain of Memories throughout frustrated me as a game, as a story, both the last side and this side just really did a lot. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying that when I first played Kingdom Hearts, I went straight from one to two. And I think I just had to go to other sources to find out what the hell was going on with some of these characters. And that that's kind of like one of the problems that backlog killing games have is that sometimes you're going to want to skip. And just like in the summer, will say, OK, then read a summary for this. And it's not the same thing. Like when we're going through stories, we need to even if it's a story that kind of like has a negative reputation, mm-hmm. it's still important to like actually go through it and still understand the downsides and the upsides, the light and the darkness so that we can go on the path to the dawn. Got there. <laughs> I think with I think yeah. that we can let John take his victory lap and maybe just wrap up a bit. Yeah. 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 I really like that. It's the road to dawn line. It, it, it is a wonderful last line. Yeah. I like I was like, I'm I'm starting to say something meaningful. And then I realized what I was actually saying. And so I was like, shit, I just have to take it. I have to take the shot. <laughs> and it's really good because it's perspective. Diz saw darkness and light combined as the fading of the lights. Right. You saw them as the start of something new. Yeah. And we'll see with time that those perspectives don't only stop there. Right. Riku still, Riku still has problems to get through, and we'll see that. But he'll say he's 100 times more positive than Diz will ever be. And mm-hmm. believe me, we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. And we're going to see how Diz is going to be right away in the next episode where we're going to start Kingdom Hearts 2. That's right. No mini log between this game and the next game. We're going straight into the big sequel, which was a really anticipated thing for me at the time. Yep. But I can't really explain my past self. I came out of it feeling wanting. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not still not sure why. Um, well, hopefully we can unpack that over the next 13 episodes. That seems like a good thing to shoot for for the Kingdom Hearts 2, don't you think? Well, if you want, if you want an impactful number, we might as well. Yeah. It's a very unlucky number, right? Well, it's unlucky for the ones in it so far. Yep. Yeah. How, oh, gosh. How, OK. Yeah. We yeah, we are down six members and we haven't even heard the name of this organization. <laughs> I think they were down five. We're down five members. You were correct. Yeah. I mean, Christ, I mean, Axel just Axel just went out there, and wiped out half the team. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what's going on with that. Yep. But that's for next time. Next time we go back to our favorite little Twilighty town and we get to meet a new character. Someone new. But is he actually new after all? Until next time, everyone. I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. All the cards are blue and the sky is gray. I've been waiting for a walk on a summer's day. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> why do you think, dude, why do you think I said that? Good job. <laughs>